Columbus, Ohio. I'm good at that. Oh, that's good. Did you like that? Were you recording that one? Yeah. Land Grant Brewing presents Land Grant University. Beers with the Brewers. Hello and welcome to uh, this week's episode of Beers with the Brewers, the uh, podcast from Land Grant Brewing Company. Uh, it's Thursday, November 11th, in podcast time, and we're recording this on Wednesday, thir- Wednesday the 10th. Um, I'm joined by uh, head brewer Dan Schaefer. Ahoy. And what was your title? Uh, Technically, it's a director Dr- of brewing operations. Director of brewing operations, Chris Helderman. I should know oh. that. I make everyone's business card, but I don't. We prefer brewing overlord uh, as more of a doom and gloom association with it but yes <laughs> well today we're talking about a very special uh release our latest collaboration with our good friends from jenny's splendid ice creams this marks our what fourth collaboration with them There's that sounds right splendid elixir bramble jamble and now this one yes and but- it is called it is called mulanijo i hope i'm saying that correctly um, and it is inspired by the Jenny's Mexican hot chocolate ice cream flavor that was just released. And so we're going to be having a little both here today. Or re-released, depending on how you... Uh... Yeah, I guess I meant seasonally released. There you go. Yeah. So it is back on, back in freezers, and our beer is uh, freshly on shelves around town and here at the tap room. And... Uh, I snuck ahead and had some of this ice cream and some of this beer, and I gotta say, it's a pretty killer combo. Yeah, this combo, this is the first, I'll be honest, this is the first time trying both of them mm-hmm. in my life. These are great. Yeah. Ooh. Hold on. Yeah, the heat just hit me. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, I had one of these beers, or I had two of these beers last week, and both tasted great, but this is my first time trying it uh, with, the, with the ice cream, and it's outstanding. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and with that, Dan, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I don't want to get too far into the, the pairing before we talk about the beer. But um, this is sort of um, like three of our beers mushed together. Um, Superiora, which is our mole porter. Um, uh, dunked, our uh, Oreo stout. And something else, <laughs> uh, Deep Search. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sort of uh, inspired by how... Um, we felt flavors carried over better from the kettle when we used a, a lager yeast with um, uh, open always. Uh, I thought this beer, with, particularly with the, the dark chocolate notes that you get from a Baltic porter, uh, would would work really well with this as opposed to just your, your bog standard imperial stout, whatever. Um, yeah, but um, so yeah, the base is, is uh, deep search-ish. Uh, I think I reversed the proportions on the the Munich and the Vienna, so it's a little bit lighter base. A little uh, midnight wheat, which has some dark chocolate notes, and some uh, chocolate rye, which also has some some dark chocolate character to it. Um, Yeah. What was the ABV on this? (laughs) 
Uh, it was nine two. Nine two. Yeah, we'll go with that. It um, yeah, again, yeah, our um, I tried to tone it down a little bit, but th- that lager yeast just destroys. Um, it just mowed right through this thing. Um, so it's actually it's it's um, a little. It, it certainly starts sweet. We used um, uh, on the back end of this uh, vanilla. I think the most uh, of our vanilla um, paste that we have uh, used in a beer, uh, but you need more to get the same effect in a big beer. Um, cocoa nibs, I think we did it's like one and a half pounds per barrel, I think. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, I think it was like 30 pounds in this batch. And um, uh, Saigon cinnamon... Oh, and uh, yeah, the uh, the chilies, of course, um, which we were going to throw in in the uh, hot side. They did not show up um, in time, and uh, a very sign of the times. Um, so we ended up throwing them into the uh, bright tank. So we were just going for a little bit of chili heat. So you get you do get a little bit of uh, fruitiness out of them when you're using them on the cold side. Okay, that's all the things. Yeah, it really, um, you know, the, the ice cream has a real, like, sort of delayed burn to it. And then when you chase it with this beer, like, the beer kind of, like, activates that heat a little bit. And you it, get that little, like, tickle in your throat a little bit, in a good way. They're like the, these two are like the Wonder Twins right here. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah, man, that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, and the ice cream definitely packs a little more of a heat punch than the beer, but I think the the com- combination of mm-hmm. the two is really interesting. Yeah, I do think the, which, you know, apropos, since it's a, supposed to be a, a Mexican hot chocolate-based um, ice cream, you know, it's definitely more of a cocoa powder flavor in the ice cream, whereas I think you get a little bit more of a, in those deep, dark chocolate tones in the beer. Um, even though we did use... Um, um, cocoa powder on the hot side here but um it's it's hard to even with uh, the lager yeast and again there's so much going on in, the, in this beer it's hard to, to carry over that that much flavor from the hot side and dealing with cocoa powder on the cold side is just a nightmare yeah i i want to just uh this is i could take i don't want to get into the the numbers yet but i could take a certain number of pints of this ice cream and a certain number of pints of this beer and you just crawl under a blanket and put on some vinyl and just just rock out yeah yeah i mean this is uh this is definitely coming out at the right time of year as we head into the holidays you know i could see this being a really nice addition to um Obviously, Thanksgiving coming up, but if you can make it all, if you can keep some around until Christmas, it's be a really nice like Christmas Eve nightcap. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really blown away. It doesn't happen very often. Really blown away with this being a two plus two equals five scenario. (laughs) Um, These uh, these two complement each other very very well. Uh, The ice cream is fantastic on its own, and I really like the beer, um, but they. They're just married together. I, I love it. Yeah, that is really bonkers. Like Walt said, like um, each of them, when you you have one and then the heat starts creeping up the back and then you have the other one and it kind of 
tones it down and then it comes right back up again. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, they just, yeah, like Chris said, they just reinforce each other over and over again. Yeah, it, like enhances the heat. Not, not in a way that, I'm not saying it makes the heat more like intense. It just makes that heat like just that much more like pronounced in a really pleasant way. Like just the flavor of the, the peppers. Yeah, I'll say if chilies. you are like, oh no, this is a pepper beer, or like, oh no, this is uh, ice cream is hot. I, I, I'm not a fan of uh, either one of those things typically, but these together are fantastic. Yeah, I would say neither one is certainly overwhelming. I, I'm a fan of spicy food, and I mean, I, the, the, the ice cream is delivering just the right amount of heat. Um, and I would, if you're not a a spicy person I wouldn't be you know intimidated by either the ice cream or the beer um, it's just a really interesting and, and pleasant sensation <laughs> yeah I will mention we um, used half the uh, amount of chilies that we used in Superiora because again it's um, when I think of you know comparing the two mole versus Mexican hot chocolate I think you know, traditionally if uh, you're getting a you know actual mexican hot chocolate in mexico uh the chili part is kind of optional but uh, given that it was a feature of the ice cream i felt like we definitely oh see oh, look wow. at that chris is uh oh chris is doing what we probably all thought about doing and he just poured his beer right into the ice cream and uh so i was i was doing more back on how that is I'm i was sure doing good. more technical analysis on the beer and I get chocolate milk out of it, like Hershey's syrup, chocolate milk, not Nestle quick chocolate milk. And um, like Dan would say, you get more cocoa powder out of the ice cream. And so I just mix two of them together. I'll let you, I'll let you know. <laughs> Very scientific over here. Well, um, speaking of the Mexican hot chocolate, so the name Molinijo, if you're wondering at home what that means or what that is, um, we named this beer after the sort of uh, crafted whisks that you would use to froth up a Mexican hot chocolate. Um, they're typically like pretty amazing little objects that are, you know, hand carved and decorated and um, look amazing. And uh, we have one sitting on our, our shelf at home that we just ogle at because it's just a nice, beautiful little, um, you know, kitchen object. We have used it a couple times, but they're they're really just beautiful little practical, you know, pieces of equipment that are hand handmade and, and they're really cool. And so that's where the name Molinico came from. Yeah, it's like the um, like an immersion blender without the uh, explosive uh, after effects. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the verdict on the, I guess, uh, Molinio float. It was fantastic. It, um, if you uh, are a fan of chocolate-covered cherries, that is the closest thing I can think to it. Um, and that is uh, you got the melted ice cream and you got some of the beer and you're drinking that down and everything. Um, I actually taste cherries in this, which I didn't get when I was just going back and forth between the two. But it's definitely got that cream and that dark chocolate in there. Um, kind of oh, almondy, yeah. um, and I think I think that heat just kind of plays up the almond a little bit. Um, if you're a fan of amaretto, you'll like that combo. That's that's and that, that's where I'm getting a lot of the heat from. Is like is what reminds me of the heat. 
in college, we made a chocolate flavored cherry uh, shot with amaretto, <laughs> cherry vodka, and uh, creme de cacao, wow. and it was fantastic. Cacao. There you go. But uh, <laughs> th- I highly recommend this. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend the shot. Oh, I would. It was actually really fantastic. <laughs> it is one of the few shots that I made Oof. for a holiday party that I will still make to this day. All right. All right. Well, you can bring some in next week for the uh, for the recording. I think we're doing our Christmas spectacular next week because it's you know, going to be almost Thanksgiving. Yeah, this beer is great. And uh, Chris, you mentioned earlier um, getting a few pints of this and a few pints of the ice cream. So I guess that begs the question about... How crushable this beer is. How crushable is it? It's not a small beer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's definitely a, a rich experience. I, I will say on the, the day it was packaged, I had two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that was necessarily the best decision, but I did it. Did you ride uh, your bike that day? I did not. Okay. Uh, I think two, yeah. I think that's good. I think two, two ten ounce uh, pours of this would be a nice dessert. Yeah. So these come in sixteen ounce tall boys. So you split it with a friend. Split yeah. two of them with a friend. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm going to second that too. Right. Now I think this is a two to one ratio, two beers to one pint. And that's a good ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we agree because mm. as the stand-in producer today, I didn't want to have to do math in my head. Um, oh, dividing things by three is rough, too. Yeah. Unless it's six. Yep. Be, good job, Which Walt. Was, unless so. it's six. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, anything else to cover on Molinijo? No. Rarely do we delve this deep into uh, tasting notes, but... Um, yeah, um, I feel like um, we should uh, mention on the ice cream a little bit. Oh yeah, this is a this is a very special ice cream to uh, to Jenny. Yeah, um, I'll just read the uh, side of the pint: deeply milky, almost bouncy chocolate ice cream, Vietnamese cinnamon, the red hot kind, and a subtle burning flame of cayenne on the finish. This is the flavor that forever changed my life. The reason I quit art school and started making ice cream. It had many names over the years, most recently Queen City Cayenne, but this is its original. Whatever we call our spicy chocolate, it's still as beautiful as ever. Jenny. There you go. Nifty. So obviously a, a special flavor to Jenny and, her, and Jenny's ice cream, and obviously a good decision to drop out of high school, or high school, art school, <laughs> and uh, pursue um, ice cream making because it's, it's certainly worked out for her and for that company and um, you know we're grateful to have um, been able to collaborate with them a few times now on beers and a, you know a couple times with events and uh, they're always great to work with and obviously a ton of amazing flavors and things to provide uh, uh, inspiration for beer on the beer side so yeah it was, it's always great to work with Jenny's and hope to do it again soon as a side note, you can come down to the tap room and have a pint of Jenny's and this beer because yeah. we sell pints of Jenny's ice cream. You're on top of it. Yeah. We've got pints of, well, I think we're at the moment sold out of the hot chocolate, but we're, I think we're getting more in. And uh, we always have a variety 
of both pints and the street treats, which are the little ones. Uh, I know my, my daughters, whatever they're here, know that ice cream is available, and so therefore get ice cream. So um, does my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're down here, and uh, whether you have a sweet tooth or you're, um, you've got some kids in tow that want to uh, have a special treat while they're here, yeah, we got ice cream. Always got ice cream. So, yeah. Um, anything else to cover on Molinijo Mexican Hot Chocolate Porter? I don't think so. All right. I guess we'll get into the rundown. We'll just run through this thing. Um, Tonight, Thursday, uh, as you listen to this, is Veterans Day. Thanks to all of our veterans out there. Shout out to uh, Joe Chamberlain, a uh, veteran who works here at Land Grant. I'm sure Joe's listening to this podcast. Um, Big weekend. Franklinton Friday is this Friday. Uh, We're releasing our Simcoe IPA. That's a, a benefit beer with art from Anna Lowe. She's uh, part of the Columbus Fashion, Fashion Alliance, which is over in uh, the Idea Foundry behind us. And uh, USA Plays Mexico tonight, so, or, or on Friday night, sorry. Uh, American Outlaws hosting an official watch party here. Um, game starts a little after 9 o'clock. And uh, so come check that out. Root on the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, and Icarumba is our late night food truck Friday night. So. Um, come down early for Ray Rays. If, um, if you, the craving strikes you after the game, Iacaramba will be around to uh, hook you up with some eats. Uh, Ohio State Purdue Woo-hoo. on Saturday. Boiler up. I can't believe we let you on the podcast this week. Chris, <laughs> with your Purdue hat, no less. Um, Buckeyes hope to avoid the fate of Michigan State and Iowa on Saturday. It's going to be cold, but. Uh, and it should be cold, you know, for a late Big Ten. We matchup. might actually have the upper hand with it being cold because I don't know if you ever been to West Lafayette. It is. Uh, I'm pretty sure 33 degrees and raining from like September 30th until December, you know, 25th, and then it just starts snowing. So we might have a little bit of advantage on the cold and yeah, windy as well, from what I recall. But I could be wrong. Yeah, that's I, that, that's a given. But yes, it's a well, it's the, the, you it, know it's a gray, miserable area. Large expanses of flat nothingness, <laughs> nothing to stop that wind from screaming across the state. Yeah, so. you're not wrong. Yeah, far cry from our weather paradise here in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> so we'll see if uh, if the Buckeyes can handle the weather and pull out the wind. But yeah, games at three thirty, um, and a reminder that we have free brewery tours every Saturday at three o'clock. Come on down. Justin will show you around. Justin or Jake. Jake's starting to do tours now as well. Um, Monday's Euchre is starting back up on the 15th. If you are interested in playing Euchre, uh, you can sign up on our website. and Or you just come on down, hope someone doesn't show up and get on the list. But I would recommend signing up ahead of time. Um, vaccine required for play. Um, Tuesday... Uh, Icarumba's back again for another U.S. Men's National Team, this time against Jamaica. That game kicks off at, or that match kicks off at 5 p.m. Um, that's a World Cup qualifier, just like the Mexico game, so come check that out. Uh, American Outlaws will be here again for that one. And then uh, Wednesdays, as always, Two Fat Indians holds it down uh, with their delicious Indian food. Um, and then Ray Ray's here Thursday through Sunday. And that is, I believe, uh, most of it. Um, 
Yeah. We do have a question from a listener. We have today. a questioner question from a listener. It is not cited, so do we know who sent this question? It's from Drew Yoder. Drew Yoder. All right. So I always wish I had like a Casey Kasem voice, but I don't. <laughs> but today we have a question from a listener. This one comes from listener Drew Yoder. Drew writes, (laughs) Hi, guys. No. Uh, First time, long time. I love the weekly podcast and have uh, a not-so-quick question for you all. I've noticed that since 2020, there's been a shift at Land Grant from brewing a consistent line of year-round beers, such as Stiff Arm Greenskeeper 1862 Ale, with a few seasonals mixed into brewing, a lot of one-offs and a very and very few year-round beers. Clearly, the pandemic caused a major shift in how you deliver your beer to consumers. But I was wondering if this shift in production was in the works before the pandemic, or was it something that came out of the pandemic and you decided to run with it? It seems like just about every week there's a new beer on store shelves. I'm not complaining. I love the variety. Just curious. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. P.S. Any chance Goon makes a comeback? I love that piney bastard during hockey season. Well, I'll never say never about Goon, but it is not currently in the plans. But you never know. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that uh, I think a lot of the brewers really loved Goon as well. Um, that uh, Rye has an adjunct in IPAs. Uh, started at slow deadly decline probably <laughs> <laughs> like over 10 years ago um yeah there was uh, that period where you could get like red rye ipas everywhere for all of, like six months and then people decided they didn't want that anymore i love rye it was a good time yeah um yeah goon is just like a weird tweener that doesn't fit any kind of modern style. <laughs> so Goon was not my recipe, but it follows my um, kind of recipe formulation, and that is screw styles. I want to brew this beer that tastes like this that I want it to taste like. And then it never runs in any style, and then that also becomes hard to sell, because what is it? We don't really know. It's this style, but it's also this style, but it's also this style, but not really any of those. Um but yeah, all that being said, Goon probably not going to make a large comeback. But you never know. Just things. I thought that we made some little micro tweaks to it the last time we brewed it. But by then, people were just like, nah. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, to, to answer the larger question, um, you know, it's. I don't think um, in terms of having a variety of products on the shelf, I don't think that's a land grant thing by any stretch of the imagination um, in terms of having a you know a few core brands and then sprinkling seasonals in uh, i think that model um is a bit outdated and so we're trying to always stay fluid um there are you know trends that we follow in terms of like we might have a certain type of beer on all the time but it, it just won't be the same brand uh, that you are familiar with. Chris, you, you talk now. 
So we've got Osher and Lemon Glow. Those are our year rounds. Mm-hmm. And then we try and keep some, especially going into next year, we're trying to keep some around for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if you have something, you can possibly go to the grocery store and buy it again or come down to the tap room and have it multiple times. Um, but this really came out to, uh, because of consumers, you, when you look at the, the, the data, uh, when something new comes out, uh, that sells a lot and then sales decline on it. So um, we want to take advantage of people's love for new things. And um, it also uh, gives Dan a bit of a, of a, of a workout on his uh, creative mind, Walt, too. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're uh, on the other side of the table from me are the two guys that uh, uh, I'll say have the hardest jobs at the brewery as far as new brands coming out every week. Um, but it, it has done well for us, you know, over the past, well, I'll say almost two years. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add, so with the pandemic part of the question, whether this sort of strategy was, you know, brought about by the pandemic, it, you know, we were really kind of doing this before then, but I would say the pandemic, the you know, certainly sort of like amplified that, um, that, that feeling that a new beer is coming out every week. Um, I think during during the during 2020, we did 118 beers in cans, which is a lot. And I can tell you, in 2021, we're doing a lot less than 118 beers in cans, and probably 2022, um, we'll probably be even less than that, or at least similar to this year. Um, the thing with the pandemic and, and delivering and and then even when the when the tap room was opened back up was draft was essentially killed both at our tap room and at all bars and restaurants around town so you know we're still brewing all these beers both big batches and small batches and and pilot batches and a lot of those beers that probably would have been pilot batches that were pilot batches that normally under normal circumstances would just go on tap um, at the tap room um, for folks to try and give us some feedback on and maybe brew a bigger batch of later or if you know Dan has a beer in mind and wants to try out a, an ingredient or a technique or something um, to try it out on a little small batch that was all stuff that we were doing before we just didn't necessarily release all of those in cans um, either as part of the, the experimental series or with their own sort of name and, and brand behind them um, so I think I think it's partially sort of that that sort of led to the you know the appearance of doing more and more beers than we would normally do, but in reality, I, I think I don't know if we were necessarily brewing more styles than normal. It's just beers that normally wouldn't have gotten into a can did. Yeah, you're not wrong. Sense. That too. Yeah, and so even this, you know, this year with with the tap room being, you know, somewhat back to normal and being able to do draft and stuff, um, you'll see those pilot batches now just being draft only at the tap room. Like right now we've got a, uh, well, at least we did the other day. It might be gone, but the that Tiki uh, sour, the painkiller sour, that was a small batch beer that you can get here on tap, but you're not going to see it in a can or on shelves around town. Um, English dark mild. The dark mild, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Um, those were beers. If they, we had brewed them in 2020, we would need to put them in a can and put a label on it. So, um, so that's definitely it. And I think, you know, since since things have sort of gotten somewhat back to normal, um, the, the amount we're putting out in Kansas definitely um, 
come back to the center a little bit. Yeah, so I guess the answer to the question is sort of, and, and yes, we'll, we'll keep making a lot of different beers. Yeah, and if you really want a long answer, we can ask this again when Adam's on the podcast and we'll talk for <laughs> an hour and a half like you did at the uh, anniversary party when someone asked a similar question. Yeah, sort of the five-page dissertation he gave us in our <laughs> in our uh, employee newsletter that yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Um, Molinijo, Mexican hot chocolate porter, is available now at the tap room and uh, at select stores around town. Um, Jenny's Mexican hot chocolate is available uh, in grocery and at their scoop shops. So go pick up some of both. And, uh, or... When we get some back in, just pick some butts up here at the tap room. But, man, I think that's it. I hope I did an okay job hosting. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'll take the line, uh, tip your bartenders. Tip your bartenders. That's all, right. all I got. Everyone have a great uh, great weekend, and we'll uh, see you next week for, I believe, a holiday beer special. Tinsel and beer crumbs. So, yeah. Maybe. Or maybe... Or maybe something else. Or maybe a double IPA. We don't know. Or maybe a double IPA. You'll have to tune in to find out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Bye, everybody. Another hit episode, Walt.